2: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The very words last seen on grainy surveillance video sends a chill down my spine. Can you imagine a mother's fear when that is what she learns about her girl? And I am talking about 21-year-old Jessica. You may not have heard her name, but you will hear it now. I'm Nancy Grace, this is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111, the Triumph Channel. When I heard about this case, I knew we had to cover it because this mom is beside herself. And when you get to know Jessica yourself, you'll feel the same way. But first of all, I want you to take a listen to our friend Dave Mack at CrimeOnline.com.
3: Jessica Diane Van Zandietzel was last seen on surveillance video at an Albany, Georgia area gas station. The last communication, however, was made through Messenger. Christina Johnson and her daughter messaged about a week before she disappeared. But with no answer to her follow-up messages, Johnson reported the 21-year-old missing on March 1st. The Lee County Sheriff's Office says the time frame Dietzel went missing is likely between February 16th and March 1st. Police information is that the young mom intended to visit someone living in a tent near Radium Springs Road. Officers went there and interviewed several people, but have not found Jessica.
2: Where is Jessica? Again, I'm Nancy Grace. This is Fox Nation and XM 111. Thank you for being with us, with me, an all star panel to break you down and put it back together again and shed light on what has become of Jessica Van Zant. Where is she? Police convinced she is in danger. With me, investigator Danny Alday joining me from the Lee County Sheriff's Department. Cheryl McCollum, you know her well, founder of the Cold Case Research Institute. Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst to the stars, joining me out of Beverly Hills. You can find her at drbethanymarshall.com. Bobby Poitevent joining me from WALD, Albany, news reporter. But first, to a special guest joining me, Christina Johnson. This is Jessica's mother. Ms. Johnson, thank you for being with us. My first question to you is, when you first heard the words surveillance video, that would scare me so much to think the last time my daughter has been seen alive is on surveillance video. Do you remember when they first told you that?
4: Uh, yes, uh, actually um, it's, um, it was on, I watched it on the live PD.
2: Really? Yeah. And then what, what? what did you observe? <sighs>
4: seeing my child walk in that store and that's the last time she's been seen by anybody or, you know, in anywhere. My heart dropped to my stomach watching it, it was chilling.
2: Ms. Johnson, when you were watching her on the surveillance video, did she seem to be concerned? Was she acting like herself? Was there anything unusual about her appearance?
4: You know, um, no, I didn't notice anything unusual. She just, you know, just walked, casually walked in the store. I watched it over and over. Yeah, she didn't seem under the rest. What was she wearing, may I ask? Uh, it was a, a like a, a Nike shirt. And forgive me, my, my mind's not um, working too well right now. Um, it's like a, a teal green uh-huh nike shirt uh-huh with a swoosh on the front right and uh, some kind of uh, dark pants
2: was it a short sleeve and, long sleeve
4: shirt uh, short sleeve short sleeve and short or long pants um they're kind of they look to be like um maybe mid cap or, or to the ankle almost kind of kind of like, kinda like capri pants.
2: and yes. was her um, hair up or down up. Up.
4: And like a ball on her head. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you know what time of the day or night that surveillance video was taken?
4: You know, um, I think it was early, early morning, like in a.m., like before 6 a.m.
2: Now, why would she have been at a gas station before 6 a.m. or at 6 a.m.?
4: I don't know.
2: Was she getting gas or was she going in for coffee or something else?
4: Um, she tried to make a purchase with her, um, her fist stamp card. And was she in a vehicle, or did she walk? We, um, I you know, from what I can tell, um, well, actually, I just, I can't tell. I can't tell if she was walking. Did
2: she have a vehicle?
4: No. Um, was anyone with her? Well, you know, there was somebody, actually, that you can see a hand on the door that was holding the door open for her, but that's all you can see.
2: That tells me it was most likely
4: a man, so
2: you can see and a hand.
4: on the hand what tattoos on the hand
2: really can you make mm-hmm. out what kind mm-hmm. of
4: tattoo i i i it's, it looks like letters
2: letters on the mm-hmm. back of the palm or the back of the
4: fingers it looks like on the the top of the hand on top of the fingers
2: fingers like near the nail
4: like near the um like in between the knuckle and the the not the not the nail though
2: Got you. Between the nail and mm-hmm. the
4: knuckle. It's not between the nail and the knuckle. but I guess, Between the well, knuckle
2: and the hand. Yes. Got it. Like yes. when you make a fist, that's where you would see it. Yes. So yes. letters right there. That, that's very significant in my mind. Could you make it? So again, that sounds like a man to me. Could you make out if he was white, black, Hispanic, Asian, anything like that? White. White.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Guys, speaking with me right now is the mother of a missing girl, Jessica Van Zamp. Her mother, Christina Johnson, is with me begging for your help. Tip line 229 436 TIPS. That translates to 229-436-8477 or 229-759- 6034. Repeat. 229-759- 6034. 229-759- 6034. That's the number to call. I'm going to circle back to Miss Johnson in just one moment, but now to bobby poitavent w-a-l-d albany bobby let's just start at the beginning when did jessica go when was she last seen by a human not a video surveillance
3: um so we've got different reports from different law enforcement and i'm sure um uh, mr Alday can kind of go into that what they saw with the sheriff's office but we we have our last reported that we've known of from law enforcement is outside of a motel actually Um, And that was sometime at the end of February. We have both the Lee County Sheriff's Office telling us that as well as
2: APD. Okay, pause, pause, pause. Mr. Mm Poitavent, let me ask you a couple of questions right there. Lassane standing near a motel. Do we have a description of what she was wearing, who she was with, possible vehicle, morning, noon, or night, and her demeanor? Any of that?
3: Um, We don't have much information about that. We just, according to the APD, according to Albany Police, she willingly got into a vehicle outside of the Luxury Inn, which is located in Albany, and that's that's about all the information that we know. Hold on, just about.
2: Hold on. Do you know what kind of vehicle, Bobby? No, ma'am. Okay. Uh, let me go straight to Investigator Danny Olday joining us from the Sheriff's Department there in Lee County. Uh, Investigator Olday, thank you for being with us. What can you tell me about that sighting of her at the Luxury Inn?
0: Um, so through our investigation, we have not found any evidence um, to hold that reliable,
2: is there any surveillance video there?
0: No, ma'am. We do not have any sur- surveillance video.
2: Do they have it? Do they have it at the Luxury Inn?
0: I'm not aware of any at this time.
2: To the mom, Christina Johnson, have you been to the Luxury Inn? Have you noticed if there's surveillance video or not? Because I find it really
4: hard to believe they don't at least have it where you check in. Uh, actually, when that was reported, it was a third party um, kit. And later on that evening, it actually uh, somebody took a picture of the the woman and, the, and it was confirmed that was not my daughter, it was some other female Well,
2: no wonder, no wonder Bobby point event and uh, investigated all day it can 't be confirmed because it was a different woman. so to hey with the video it 's not her, oh man. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace Guys, for those of you just joining us, we are on the search for a beautiful young girl that will strike terror into every mother and father's heart that hears this. This 21-year-old girl, Jessica Van Zandt, last thing we know for sure at a gas station, she walks in, to buy something in the gas station, like a a quick stop, and you see a male hand open the door for her, that's all you can see in the video, and on that hand are letters across the knuckle, closest to the hand, okay? I don't like it, I don't like it at all. And the fact that the mother, I think I would remember knuckle tattoos right there, okay? I would remember that. I mean, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, that's the kind of thing that sticks in your mind,
5: Nancy, here's the biggest issue I have with this whole situation right now. You and I, from Jump Street, would start working on a timeline anytime we had a case. We don't have a qualified timeline at this point. We do not know the last person she was with. We don't know where she was or what she if she was walking or in a car or with somebody. We don't know for sure what she was wearing because we don't know for sure. What day is she even went missing?
2: You know what, Cheryl? You know, you and I go way, way back to a crime scene in the early morning hours. Oh, yeah. At, at, at a dope scene. But, Cheryl, you know what I don't like? I don't like when somebody tells me what's wrong. I don't like that. I don't want to hear why we can't create a timeline. I want to hear what we do have, and then we'll jump off from there. So, Cheryl, give me some good news. I know we've got the video. So we've got that day. But Cheryl, do you think there is any other day before or after that is a credible sighting that we can use to help find this girl?
5: The day that she reached out to her mom on Facebook Messenger is solid. The day that she walked into that grocery store is solid.
2: Okay, were they the same day, Cheryl? No. Okay, what's the most recent day? She's alive. Out to Christina Johnson, Jessica's mom. What date did you get the message from her?
4: Well, actually, that was around uh, the 13th was the last time she'd seen a message. You know, um, uh, actually, the uh, February 4th was the last time she had um, met, she and I had conversed on Messenger. That that was my reassurance that um, I know that February 18th was the last time that she had any kind of conversation with anyone. Who did she speak with to uh, on February 18? Uh, the last person I could tell was a, a, a young man named Mitch Glazer. Okay, Mick or Mitch? Mitch, M-I-T-C-H. Last name? Glazer,
2: D-L-A-U-S-I-E-R. Glazer, okay. And let me ask you about the content of that message. Now, what are, y'all, are you using, text? How are you messaging?
4: It was messenger, her messenger. And... Is she using her phone to do that? Uh, no, she didn't have a phone. Um, I don't know whose phone that she was using.
2: Okay, a qu- quick, quick question. <clears throat> to Investigator Alday, and I, I hear, Ms. Johnson, the frustration in your voice. I hear it. I hear your voice cracking. And I would be doing the same thing. Uh, Investigator Danny Alday with me from the Lee County Sheriff's Department. Investigator, that message that she sent to Mitch Blazer. are you familiar with it?
0: I am. Yes, ma'am.
2: What was she saying? Was she upset?
0: So she was talking to numerous people on the 18th, uh, but no, ma'am, with Mitch Kostner. It doesn't appear she was upset. Uh, she was indicating to him where she was. Where was she? So right now we have basically she was at the uh, a local motel, uh, the Deep South Motel in Albany, Georgia.
2: Now, okay. Thank you. Now we're getting somewhere. So have have you looked at the content of that text, Investigator All date? Yes. Okay. And, you know, to you, Christina Johnson, uh, Jessica's mother, when you last heard from her, and that was on Feb
4: 4, mm-hmm. what did she say? Why was she messaging you? What did she want? She just simply asked if I'm, I had gotten any mail here at my house for her. That sounds pretty normal.
2: I mean, to you, Dr. Bethany mm-hmm. Marshall, uh, around Psycho Allen, joining me out of Beverly Hills. uh Dr. Bethany, when you have a faked message, for instance, uh, someone uh, abducts you, and they're sending fake messages to make it appear that everything is okay. Like, let's just say, Bethany, I abduct you, I'm holding you captive, and I get your phone, I force you to give me your password, and I start sending people messages that I find in your contacts, or I use your last known text, and I send these people messages to suggest you're okay, Hey, did you get any mail from me? It's not that kind of message. That tells me by the content of that message, she was alive and well on February 4. Would you agree or disagree?
7: Agree. That is an authentic message from a daughter to a mother with deep, great familiarity. The daughter is dependent on her mother, has a relationship with her mother, loves her mother, needs something from her mother, and she DMs her. So no, this is not some perp who took her phone.
2: And back to you, Investigator Danny all day again. Investigator, thank you for being with us. I know you have business to attend to today, and I appreciate you being with us in the search for Jessica Van Zant. Um, Investigator, uh, let's fast forward to Feb 18. She texted multiple people that day. I'm saying text, messaged. Can you trace whose phone she was using? Wouldn't it pop up on the recipient's phone?
0: Yes, ma'am. We have actually conducted uh, approximately 18 search warrants, um, and we have located the last known phone she used to communicate with. Who was it? Um, It's a person of interest, uh, being very uncooperative with us at the time. Um,
2: Okay, I don't like that one bit.
0: Uh, Yes, uh, he assaulted an attorney. He has not come forward to provide any additional information to help us find Jessica.
2: How did you manage to, did you get a look at his phone? We did. Um, How'd you do that? Did you have a warrant or did he just hand it to you?
0: Uh, So we executed a search warrant as a and we also obtained a search warrant for his electronic devices.
2: Devices. Does that mean cell phone and computer or just cell phone?
0: Uh, Cell phone, computer, any type of external hard drives.
2: Do you believe, Danny Alday, that she was in that location on February 18?
0: Yes, ma'am. We we can say accurately that she was at the Deep South Motel on february
2: the 18th guys we are talking about the disappearance of a young girl bobby point of it with me w-a-l-d albany bobby so that moves me forward from february 4 to february 18 based on multiple messages that day and the content the content of those messages we know she was alive that day but we're two months late um Bobby, in your sources, uh, guys. Bobby Poitamant, joining me, W A L D Albany from your sources. Can you place her alive after Feb. 18?
3: You know, it's interesting. We we haven't had any luck either placing her alive or. Are gone any any kind of way? You know, she's just kind of gone off the face of the map. Is the way a lot of sources have been telling me. And again, my sources a lot of with with investigators, and I've kept in contact again with uh, Miss Christina Johnson. So, you know, it's just it, she just kind of went flat off the map um, around those days.
8: From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
2: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about the disappearance of a 21-year-old girl last seen that we know of at a local gas station heading in to get what? Coffee, gum, a, a snack, we don't know. We do know that a male hand opened the door for her. Take a listen to our friend Bobby Point event at WALB News.
9: Christina Johnson wakes up every day thinking of her missing child. 21 year old Jessica Dietzel.
4: I open my eyes and I know that it's another day and it's real and this is really happening. I say, God, please
9: help me. Jessica Dietzel went missing in February. Her mother, Christina Johnson tells me she is not sure where her daughter is now or what happened to her. She tells me she has not stopped searching for answers and is grateful the community hasn't either.
4: Some gentlemen offer to scoot it out today and they're actually down there, just recreationally they do it. Well, worse can't describe the feeling of uh, pure gratitude of the community. Uh, I do care so much.
9: It's been almost two months since Jessica went missing.
4: Dropped off the map.
2: Guys, you are hearing our friend Bobby Poyteman speaking uh, to Christina Johnson. This is Jessica's, Jessica's mom. But now, take a listen again to our friend at WALB.
9: Multiple agencies, including the Lee County Sheriff's Office, the Doherty County Sheriff's Office, and Albany Police are looking into Jessica's disappearance. When it comes to Jessica's case, Christina has always had confidence in both the Lee and Doherty County Sheriff's Office, but not with Albany Police.
4: My frustration is that from the beginning, I felt like they took it. They had taken it too lightly.
9: There's lots of speculation from the community on why Jessica went missing.
4: Those people that are reported missing or whatever might happen, they are somebody's daughter. don't matter what they're doing, what they're out there involved in, whoever it is, they're human beings. Recently,
9: video conversations have surfaced leading to possible information in Jessica's case.
4: I take everything seriously. I'm everything I'm getting. I'm still, I mean, I'm getting, and I want it. I want any information. Send it, send it, send it.
2: The tip line is 229-759-6034. Repeat, 229-759-6034. 229-759-6034. That's the number to call. Miss Johnson, I heard a baby in the background. Is that Jessica's baby? Yes, Nancy. Do you have her baby? I do, I do. <sighs> Tell me about the baby.
4: She turned three years old, March 1st, and um, she's an absolute princess. We, we call her baby cakes.
2: <laughs> Does she Has she asked about her mom?
4: Um, no, she has not, um, you know, asked about her.
2: Poor little thing. Yeah. Three years old. Guys, I'm taking a look at Jessica right now, and she's just absolutely beautiful. And I don't like that it is being alleged the police took the case too lightly cheryl McCollum, director cold case research institute very often police believe and very often they're right that the person well, has brought it back home to mommy but that's not always
5: true cheryl well i don't think it's certainly true here nancy she would not have missed that baby's third birthday party on march 1st she wouldn't have done that the other thing that concerns me is you've got somebody that's lawyered up now here's the reality of this thing albany is a hot spot for this pandemic, this COVID-19. So people are sheltering in place. His cell phone is gonna be a money tree because if he does not have a job where he is essential, he shouldn't have been going anywhere on February 18th. Um, But I mean, I'm saying on February 18th, he could have, but I'm saying now. So whatever his movements have been are gonna be critical for law enforcement. If something bad has happened to Jessica and his phone hit somewhere where he knows where he hunts where he fishes an out of the way spot uh, pecan orchard there's going to be a place where he goes where he feels very comfortable that is secluded and that's where detective Alday needs to concentrate to
2: detective Alday joining us Danny Alday Lee County Sheriff's office investigator Alday question about your POI person of interest phone has it been pinged have the movements of the phone around the time of february 18th been looked at
0: so nancy we we do have those records uh we're going through those records we have obtained location pings uh from his phone and uh we are we currently have investigators driving around each location that he visited
2: you know that's really interesting uh investigator all day that you guys have already done that i mean to try to get phone records from a phone company It's like pulling a tooth. Even with a subpoena, it takes them forever. But we are now going on February to March, March to April, two months since Jessica went missing. And now the sheriffs are out trying to follow those pings once they've been triangulated. You know, um, I want to go to Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst, joining me. Why is it, and I always use this because it's such a great example of Scott Peterson, when he murdered his wife, Lacey, and her unborn child, Connor, he didn't go to someplace he had never been. He went to a place he knew very well. He was a fisherman. He went out to San Francisco Bay where he had fished many, many times, countless times, and disposed of her body. Why is it perps always go back to places they're familiar? And this is what I like to do with juries or anyone. If you had to hide something, let's just pretend a body. If you had to hide something in your mind, don't blurt it out, Bethany. Where would you go? Where would you hide it? If you think about it, you're going to go somewhere known to you with which you are familiar, a place you have frequented or that you know of. Bethany, it's like the dog circling three times before he'll sit down. It's like an
7: instinct. And Nancy, think about Casey Anthony. You know, she secreted her little girl's body basically in our own backyard at her at her middle
2: school that's right where she would in the woods behind her middle school where she and her friends would go and smoke and hang out behind the school in that wooded area you're absolutely right
7: and here's another stat two-thirds of all children who are murdered by their parents the bodies are disposed of within a quarter mile of the family home so that goes to your theory as well that it's always a familiar place uh Keep uh, criminals when they uh, get out of jail. Where do they go? They go straight to their mother's house. So you know, yes, it's it's usually a place where there's great familiarity. They've been there many many times. And I think it's because criminals, perpetrators, are very small-minded. They are not imaginative. They do not have cause and effect thinking. They never think they're going to be caught. They don't think about going outside of their usual routines because usually, Nancy, they don't think they did anything wrong. They really don't. They can have every rationalization in in the world. So they're not going to be clever enough to drive to another state. I mean, we do see that occasionally where somebody goes on some – reckless careening ride to another state well we
2: did just see that in the gannon stalk case yes we did where the mother letitia stalk is accused with the stepmother yes stepmother thank you for that very critical clarification stepmother takes gannon's body all the way from colorado springs down to the florida panhandle Yes, and that is very few and far between. Would you agree with that, Investigator Danny day, that when you are hiding something, very rarely do perps travel too, too far away to dispose of something?
0: Yeah, so I've seen that in uh, previous investigations. They always frequent somewhere where they're familiar with. Um, like you said, they don't believe anybody else has knowledge of that location.
2: Now, we know that in early March, authorities conducted an, an extensive search along with volunteers in the community in a wooded area near the Flint River, which is a long river. It's a long body of water that stretches through many, many counties to investigate her all day. What led you to the Flint River?
0: So we received numerous tips that she may uh, her body may have been thrown into the river. Um, so we conducted a ground search of that area. A ground search? Yes, ma'am. We were not able to get into the water at the time. uh, We had severe flooding in our area. So we were not able to uh, put any resources into the water.
8: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God you've summoned something from this board this is uncanny usa
2: he says somebody's in the house and
4: i screamed <laughs>
8: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
6: trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace.
2: Guys, we are looking for Jessica Van Zant, missing out of Albany, Georgia. And yes, I know New York is Albany. Georgia, it's Albany. I want you to take a listen to our cut seven, Brett. This is Christina Johnson speaking to Armchair Detective YouTube channel. I want you to take a
4: listen to this. Finally, she did uh, just completely cut off from him, and then he went on a full-fledged terror campaign to tear her apart. You know, the terror campaign included hounding uh, on Facebook, didn't it? So yes, taking it to social media and just oh my gosh, and then walking into restaurants. If she one time she was in McDonald's with a friend, and he walked in there and started screaming. Uh, hey, you want her? Uh, Fifty dollars, you can have her. And he was calling names. He got her fired from her job. Um, he, when the restraining order was in effect, he, he went across the road, hollering and screaming at her. Down, you know, it was just terrible. Everywhere she went, she she moved around a lot, and she couldn't. Um, it got to where she couldn't even keep a, a steady place or anything, and it was just it was rough he started calling um, defects on her early on too which they came out and they wouldn't find anything you know um awry or wrong
2: that just hurts me so much to top it all off she was being stalked and harassed by the ex christina johnson this is jessica's mother special guest joining us today how long did the ex her ex-husband terrorize her
4: it uh it started um not too long after they had met a lot of, um, manipulation and stuff, but then she, uh, you know, just couldn't absolutely take him no more. And she made a break from him. And that was, I'd say, about two and a half years ago, um, two years, maybe right at two years ago. And then at that point, he was just full force with it.
2: Was he still stalking her and harassing her at the time she went missing? Uh, well,
4: (laughs) The hard part about it is that um, if uh, she wouldn't talk to him and and stuff like that, then he played on her um, emotions. She lost her father when she was little and he died in a jail. So Kenneth would say things such as, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and I'll kill myself or I'm going to end up, you know, like your daddy. And then, um, you know, the. Our child would just grow up without the father. And that really um, played on emo- um, her heart and her emotions and everything about her life. And so um, it was a back and forth thing. He, he would reel her in and then he would treat her this just horrible and just absolutely just terrorizing, destroy, torment her. And then she'd be like, why did I do this? And it, it, was just, that was the con- it was a constant like that.
2: To Investigator Danny Alday, I assume you've looked at the X, correct?
0: Yes, ma'am, we have. And we're continuing to look into it.
2: You know, Cheryl McCollum, Director of Cold Case Research Institute. Earlier we heard our friend Bobby Poitavent speaking uh, with various guests, joining us in WALD, Albany. And it's been argued that her case, her disappearance, has been taken very, quote, lightly. You know, Cheryl, when you you have a, a girl, a debutante from, A prestigious family with loads of money on her way heading off to an Ivy League school for college. You can't open a newspaper. You can't go online without seeing it. That has not
5: been the case with Jessica. Mm -hmm. And it's so wrong. It's wrong, Nancy. And people think they know the ending already. They think they know Jessica already. But they don't. And the reality is, if something has happened to her at the hands of someone else, that means Albany has got a killer amongst them. And that should never be okay with anyone, regardless of who the victim is. And you and I have had more than one case where the victim was a hooker or a drug addict or somebody that was in a violent situation and would not leave. But the reality is, you have somebody amongst you that is a danger to everybody, not just Jessica.
2: You know, Cheryl McCollum, you could not have said it better. Won't you please help find Jessica Van Zant? her mother here, begging for your help? She has a little girl that I understand looks exactly like Jessica, even the very same smile. We don't want her to grow up without her mother, or at least the knowledge of where is her mother, what happened to her mother, and grow up thinking, Dr. Bethany Marshall, whether it's true or not, that mommy just left her. That's not what happened.
7: That is not what happened. And we know with children under the age of two, if the mother dies or is removed from the child, that that child is predisposed to diabetes, heart attack, stroke, throughout the lifespan, premature death. Um, fortunately, the little girl is three, so she's beyond that critical stage. And fortunately, Elena is with her grandmother who loves her so much. The best predictor of good mental and physical health for a toddler who loses the parent is that they go into another very secure home. That is the best predictor. And so- Dr. Bethany, I know you're right,
2: and thank God Christina Johnson is taking care of the baby. But I don't want the baby to grow up thinking she doesn't know what happened to her mother and did mommy just leave one day and she's got a whole other life and a whole other family in some other location and doesn't care about her, the baby. I, I don't want that for the baby.
7: There is credible research in my field, robust research that shows that if a child, an adult has a good autobiographical narrative of what happened to them and their parents and their family and their life, it's a predictor of good mental health. So in, order, in other words, if you're able to tell your own story, if you know the details, if you know exactly what happened, there's reliable information, you can cope in the face of the known. But if little Elena doesn't know if there are gaps or blanks, we read into that our worst possible fears and anxieties, and that could to predispose her to be very mistrustful of men and mistrustful with, uh, of adults. So the investigators are doing heroic work in trying to bring all the details and facts to life. It, it's not just for Christina, the mother. It's not just for Jessica. It's for Elena, because she does deserve to know.
2: Back to Bobby Poyteman, W-A-L-D, Albany. Bobby, what is the very latest, and what else have you guys been able to develop
3: you know i have been staying in constant contact with my contacts with um several different agencies that are looking into this it's not just billy county sheriff's office although i believe they are the lead investigators on this case you know i've contacted them several times a week getting information on what's going on um they are still doing search warrants that's the latest that i've been told and what's interesting nancy about this story is that <clears throat> there's such a huge community response to this i know you guys were just mentioning that um, people think they know Jessica. This is this has sparked a conversation, unlike any other missing persons case that we've had before. It's it's sparked a conversation, so we're listening to the community. We've had such a huge. We get emails all the time about you know, let's hear some more about Jessica. What's the latest on Jessica? So it's definitely been a mission of mine to constantly stay in contact with investigators on what's going on. Um, APD, Albany Police Department, held a press conference. Of- I think about maybe 2 weeks ago I talked to them last week quote directly from them suspicions the investigation has not led to any suspicions of foul play although they are taking this case very seriously so that's the latest from my contacts on what's going
2: on they may say there's no foul play Bobby Pointman but I can tell you this this young girl would never stay away from her own mother and her baby girl for this long no way now, you call it tomato, I call it tomato, but this is foul play. And we wait as this search and justice unfolds. Tip line 229-759-6034. Repeat, 229-759-6034. 229-759-6034. That's the number to call. Ms. Johnson, please know we are staying on it. And our prayers continue. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.
8: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
8: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
2: Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress